such a beautiful job on that offertory, so appropriate as we are looking at the Lord's Prayer. And I'm sure as that music was played, you were going through the words to that prayer in your mind. We're going to be looking at verse 13 of Matthew chapter 6, which again is part of the Lord's Prayer. And you will remember that as we've looked at this prayer, we're not just looking at it as a prayer or even as a model prayer, which it is, but we were also have been thinking about when we pray this prayer, what are we saying to God? What is God wanting us to understand? What is this saying about our relationship to God? And so we're going to be thinking about that today as well, understanding our relationship to God, but understanding our relationship to God, thinking about today in regard to temptation. Now, if you've looked at this prayer, and we, as we've thought about this prayer for the past several weeks, we have seen that this prayer makes three requests. There, there are three things that we ask God for in this prayer. And the first one is daily bread. What we need to sustain ourselves. The second one is forgiveness. We need forgiveness for our sins. And the third one is help with temptation. And you see, God is able to provide these things for us. He's able to meet our material needs. Because of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, He is able to give us forgiveness for our sin. And as we live in this world where there are temptations all around us, He is able to give us help with those temptations. Now, why help with temptation? Now, why do we need help with temptation? Why should we want help with temptation? Well, because when we're in a relationship with God, God expects us to be holy. We miss that a lot of times in the American church. We think about a whole lot of other things we're supposed to be busy doing, and we forget sometimes what we're supposed to be. And one of the things that God wants us to be is holy. And if we're always giving in to the temptations that are around us, if we're just like everybody else, then we're not being holy. Because we're supposed to be like God. His people are supposed to be holy because He is holy. And we're to be people who are pure and blameless and filled with the fruit of righteousness. That should characterize us. And if that's going to characterize us, then we need help with temptation because temptation would pull us away from that. Paul wrote to the Ephesians, and in this very familiar passage of Scripture, he tells us some things about, you know, what it's supposed to be to be in Christ. If you look at Ephesians 5.25 and following, it says, Christ loved the church, that's us, and gave himself up for her to make her holy. You see, we're to be God's holy people. Christ loves us and wants us to be holy. And He makes us holy by cleansing her by the washing with water through His Word and to present her to Himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. You and I are the bride of Christ. Christ wants a holy bride. And so we have to deal with the temptation around us. 
There, there, there are two forces that work against our being holy and blameless in God's sight. And I imagine you guessed the first one right off, Satan. Satan is a liar. Satan is a deceiver. Satan is one who wants to get us to rebel against God. He is one who wants to destroy our witness so that we don't appear any different from anybody else or share the good news in any way. Satan wants to harm us. He wants to make our existence miserable. And if he can't get us to the place where we completely reject God, then he still wants to water down our willingness to follow him and to be like the people that God wants us to be. But there's another problem as well. It's our own sinful nature. James, in James 1, verses 13 and 14, put it this way. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when, by his own desire, he is dragged away and enticed. Our own desire pulls us away from following a holy God. Now, let's think about what Jesus said to pray in this prayer. Matthew chapter 6, verse 13. Jesus taught us to pray, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Sometimes we say evil. Sometimes we say the evil one. Deliver us from Satan. Deliver us from the evil that's around us. Deliver us from the evil that can be within us. Now notice something. God doesn't tempt us. Do you notice what it said there in James? God, no one should say when we're tempted, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted with evil, nor does he tempt anyone. We're not asking God when we pray this prayer for him not to tempt us. We are asking Him to help us with the temptation that we are facing. So, let's consider three things concerning temptation. First of all, we should not take temptation lightly. We shouldn't take temptation lightly. It's a serious thing. Jesus uh, is telling us to avoid temptation, to stay away from it, to watch out for it, to be on guard against it. There's an old story about a man who would ride his horse to town and he would go into the saloon and he got to the place he was really drinking way too much. And he decided that he was going to reform his ways, and he did. Except every time when he would go to town, he would always tie his horse in the front of the saloon. And, well, you guessed it, before too long, he was back to his old ways again. If he had really had a healthy fear of temptation, he would have found another hitching post. And that's what we need to do when it comes to temptation. We need to watch out for it. We need to be on our guard against it. We don't need to take it lightly. We need to fear it. Too often we hang out around temptation. You know, maybe around the copy machine at work where all the gossip is and we can catch up on the latest, you know, scuttlebutt that's going on around the office. It may be we get digging into all these catalogs and shopping sites and we end up buying things we don't need or spending more money on the things that we do. It could be visiting wicked internet sites. They're easy to access. And we think, ah, eh, what's it going to hurt? Nobody's going to know. 
could be the movies and TV programs we watch, which depict evil and encourage evil, and we think that they're not having an effect on our minds or our souls when they really are. Sometimes we hang out with the wrong people. Sometimes we go to the wrong places. We need to be careful about temptation. Don't take it lightly. Temptation lurks within each of us. It's always there. Back in the 1870s, there was a school way out in the middle of nowhere in Texas that uh, enticed parents to send their children to that school because it was 40 miles from any known source of sin. I have a feeling the kids brought it with them. That's the way we are. Why should we not take temptation lightly? Are we read in James 1.14 says, Each one is tempted when by his own evil desire he is dragged away and enticed. Why is that dangerous? Listen to verse 15. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Understand something. Temptation is not leading us to life. Temptation is leading us to death. It's not something that's going to bless your life. It's something that's going to harm your life. Don't take it lightly. Realize something else. We can't face temptation on our own. We don't have the strength to face it on our own. We don't have the character to face it on our own. We're up against the master tempter. Satan who lies. Satan who deceives. Satan who is the enemy of God. Satan who is out to destroy us. And he knows how to work it. He knows how to work temptation. He doesn't bring temptation as something that's bad. He doesn't show you temptation as something that's going to harm you or hurt you or cause you to hurt other people or drag you down. Oh, no. He comes making it look good. He comes making it look desirable. He comes bringing it and presenting it as something enticing, something that will help us and will bless us and will add to our lives. You know, he's a master at it. He's a master at it. Think about the progression of it. It makes us think that the wrong we may be contemplating, well, it's not all that bad. You remember how he worked with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden? You know, he came up to Eve and he said, you know, why don't you eat of that tree? And she said, God said, if you eat of that tree, you won't die. Oh, you won't die. In other words, it's not that bad. It's not going to harm you. It's going to be, it's going to be something, you know, not going to harm you at all. Besides, it's going to appeal to you. No, it's going to bless you. You're going to be like God. So God, or Satan makes us think that this is something that, hey, you know, it's not all that bad, and it's going to help us in some way. And then our desire is aroused. You know, isn't it amazing that Eve quit looking at all of those other trees in the garden and had her attention focused on that one tree? And that's what Satan does to us. We see that one thing, not all of the good things that God has around us, not all of the blessings that He has given us and will give us, we get our attention focused on that one thing. We think, oh, we got to have that. You know, that's, that's, that's the thing. 
And we begin to consider, hey, I think I'm going to do what's necessary to, to get what I want. That, that's, that's going to help me and bless me. And we act on it. And we fall into sin. Then why is that bad? Sin, when it's full grown, brings forth death. Not life. Not blessing. Not building you up. Tearing you down. Destroying you. Watch out for the progression of temptation. Jesus reminded us to pray when we face temptation. He told his disciples, watch and pray. The spirit may be willing, but the flesh is weak. We need to pray. We need to think that we are, are standing strong. That's when we get into trouble. When we think that we're, you know, we've got it made, we can control it, you know, everything's going to be all right. We, we get, we're kind of like Simon Peter was. Remember on the night of the, of the Last Supper, Jesus said, all of you going to desert me? Simon Peter said, not me, Lord. I'm not going to desert you. If I have to go to prison, I won't deny you. If I have to die, I'm not going to deny you. And guess what? He fell for the temptation, didn't he? Back in the early 1990s, a Frenchman grabbed the attention of the world, a young man, by stringing a tightrope between the twin towers that were still standing there and walking across it 1,350 feet above the ground. Man, that's a long way to be above the ground on a type rope. And he did it, and boy, everybody was amazed. A few months later, he was practicing in St. Petersburg, Florida. He was walking across a tightrope 30 feet off the ground. Now, I'm not getting on a tightrope 30 feet off the ground, but if you've been on one 1,350 feet above the ground, 30 feet isn't much, and he fell off and hurt himself. And while he was lying on the ground waiting for hope, help to come, he was going, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I never fall. That's when we fall, isn't it? When we think it's not going to happen to us. We have to be careful. Proverbs says, when pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with humility comes wisdom. You've got to have enough wisdom to realize that you can't face temptation on yourself, that you better turn to God and get His help when temptation comes. Then we can be victorious over temptation. We can win the battle over temptation. God answers our prayer for help. Sometimes He might answer it by intervening in a very providential way. Now, you're thinking about taking a job. You know, that might be a good job. I've heard that companies maybe not all it's cracked up to be. Some of the people I know of work there in the shady business deals. But, boy, I could make a lot of money in that company. And, and then all of a sudden, you don't get the job. God's taking care of it for you. Sometimes God gives us insight. All right, here's the temptation. What's going to happen if I follow it? Well, probably that and probably that and probably that. And I don't want that to happen, so I better back up and not fall for this temptation. Sometimes we know right away what's right and what's wrong. And God just gives us the strength to say, no, this is wrong. I'm not going down that path. God helps us when it comes to the temptation. One of Satan's biggest lies is that you have to give in to temptation, that you've always sinned and you're always going to sin. Listen to what 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says. No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. Hey, you ain't the only one. You know, some others will come along. 
felt just the same thing, been tempted in just the same way. Then look at the next thing. And God is faithful. You believe we serve a faithful God? You believe you, we serve a God who watches over us? God who knows what we're going through? You believe we serve a God who is faithful to keep you? Well, when it comes to temptation, He's faithful. Listen to what it says. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. When the temptation comes, He's already measured it. And He said, you know, I'm not going to let you undergo what you can't say no to, what you can't do the right thing with. And then listen to this promise. But when you're tempted, He will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. He provides a way out. When you're tempted, do you look for that way out? God's put it there. When you face temptation, you need to remember to look for the way out. Because God said, I've given you a way out. You don't have to fall for it. So, what do we need to do when we face temptation? We realize the power of God. We turn to the power of God. We realize how great and good God is. John told us that the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. The one who is in us is God if we're a believer. We've asked God to come and live in our life. The one who's in the world is Satan, who's on the outside trying to mess us up from the outside in. God, from the inside out, gives us the power to resist temptation. One fellow gave in to temptation one time and you know, his preacher caught up with him and said, you know, what happened to you? And he said, oh, you know, the, the pressure, was, the outside pressure was just so great. The preacher said, man, where are your inner braces? Inner braces are God. He's within. He helps us to recognize his power. Then remove yourself from the temptation. Just have the spiritual common sense to get away from temptation, recognizing that it's you know, the wrong thing and it's not going to do you any good and it's not going to help you in any way. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, Paul was writing Timothy and he, he talks about foolish and harmful desires that plunge men into ruin and destruction. And then he told Timothy this, Flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Remove yourself from the temptation. Get your focus on something else. You know, Satan wants us focused on the temptation. God says, put your, put your attention somewhere else. Don't focus on that temptation. It's going to lure you to ruin and destruction. Focus on what? Righteousness. Are you looking for righteousness and how you can put it in your life? Focus on godliness. Are you looking for godliness and how you can live that out in your life? Are you looking for faith and love and gentleness? Look at those things, those good things. Put yourself out of temptation. Put yourself where you can do something else. Then resist it. Stand against it. James said, therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, resist him, say no to him, stand up to him. What happens? Might as well go get somebody else. This one ain't budging. 
He flees from us. The word resist there is a word that means taking a decisive stand. Just about every Sunday morning I hear about football when I come to church. You ever notice how some football players, you know, they just take that decisive stand, that running back's not getting by me? Well, no. He can come in my territory. He's tackled. He's taking a decisive stand. Not going to be pushed out of the way. Take that stand. Simon Peter said it this way, Do not give in to Satan, but resist him steadfast in the faith. You resist. You resist. And then, be ready. Be ready. How do you get ready? Our best defense is a right relationship with God. Uh, We said we were talking about relationships, didn't we? When it comes to temptation, if we're in relationship with God, that gets kind of down to the bottom line because we know He's there and He's our Father and He's going to provide for us and He's going to keep His promises. He's going to be faithful. And then through the application of His Word, you take this Word and you read it and you study it and you memorize it and you apply it and it's there when you need it. What did Jesus do when he was tempted? He quoted Scripture. Guess who else was quoting Scripture there? Satan. Did you notice that the temptations Satan used against Jesus, he was just taking Scripture and pulling it out of context? Jesus used Scripture to say, hey, this is the right way. He knew the Word, and we need to know the Word. When you have God as your Father, you can ask Him to give you strength to stand against temptation. He's got the resources. You take advantage of them. Coming up on the holidays, one of the holidays I like is New Year's Day. One of the things I like New Year's Day, besides all the good football, is I like the Tournament of the Roses Parade. That's a just, you know, I just watch the TV and think, man, that took some work to put all those floats together. And uh, you know, it's just one time in the Tournament of Roses parade, a few years back, there was a big, beautiful float going along in the parade. All of a sudden, it stuttered and stopped. What had happened? It had run out of gas. Parade couldn't move. You know, it was blocking the whole parade. You know, it, something had to be done. So off they scurried, find some gas, bring it back, put it in, got it started up, finally got it moving. You know what made that funny? That was standard oil's float. <laughs> millions of gallons of oil, gas, whatever you needed, but it wasn't in the tank. God has got the resources to help us stand against temptation, but they don't do us any good unless we put them in our own tank. So we've got to know the Word. You've got to be ready. You've got to be ready. If we have Jesus as our Savior, then we are in relationship with God. And God will provide for us. He's our Heavenly Father. We learned that through the first part of this prayer. He's our Father. He's going to provide. He's taken care of our past. If He's our Father, He's forgiven us of all of the sins we've ever committed. He's forgiven us. Wow. He's providing for us. He provides our daily need for bread. He provides us with what we need. 
He's going to take care of us. He's our Father. And He's going to take care of our future deliverance from each coming temptation. He's our Father. He is faithful. He will provide. One of God's name is Jehovah Mekadesh. You know what the Jehovah Mekadesh means? It means the Lord who sanctifies you. You know what it sanctifies means? To be sanctified means that you are made holy. When God saves us, one of His purposes for us is that he, we allow Him to make us holy. We are supposed to be a holy people. We're supposed to be a righteous people. We are supposed to be pure and blameless and filled with the fruit of righteousness. Oh, how much more of an impact did we make on this old sinful world if we, the people of God, let God sanctify us and make us holy so that people could look at us and see this is what God does for someone. Wow. They don't have to fall for all the stuff that destroys them. They can walk in holiness and righteousness and peace and joy. As you pray, ask God to keep you from sin and allow you to be holy, blameless, and filled with the fruit of righteousness. No matter what your needs, God your Father has got them covered. Maybe today, you would just like to rededicate yourself to holiness. You serve a holy God. He's faithful to you. He's been good to you. He's blessed you. But you've let Satan carry the day sometime. And you aren't living the life that's pleasing in his sight, and you know it. You know that sometimes you go to the wrong places. You know sometimes you hang with the wrong people. Then you would come today and say, Lord, I want to rededicate myself to you. I want to be your holy child. And I want my life to reflect your holiness and your righteousness and your goodness. Maybe you need his forgiveness today. Maybe you've never invited Jesus into your life. And so when Satan comes around, you're no match for him. He just keeps beating up on you. Not a thing you can do about it. You need Jesus to come into your life, forgive you of all of that, and give you the strength to live a better life, higher life, nobler life, a life that's life indeed, life that will stretch for eternity. Would you receive Jesus if you're a Savior if you've never done so? Maybe today you've already received Jesus and you would just like to come and make it public. Jesus taught us to pray. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. You want that deliverance? Your fathers, your heavenly father, is offering it to you. Our invitation hymn is 249.